0: Hey there, Badger fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Open Gym Podcast. This is your first time welcome. Regular readers of the Open Gym Mailbag know that every week I come out and answer your questions in print form and online. Now you can hear me and see my reactions to your various burning questions. This week I'll be talking about the new look college football postseason and what that might hold for the Badgers. The Mailbag is filled with questions after the 38-0 victory over Illinois State to start the season. It was an easy win for the Badgers, but fans are really interested in what the team did and what they might look like going forward. But make sure you subscribe to Badger Extra for exclusive content like this podcast, our Badgers Legends series, various great video features, and much, much more. Now let's get going with the Jim's Gem. The college football playoff is growing from four teams to 12, and I think that's a really good thing. In this case, bigger really is better. It really improves the Badgers' chances of getting to the playoff. My colleague Colton Bartholomew, took a look over the last 20 or so years, on about a handful of Wisconsin teams that would have made a playoff if it was 12 teams. So I think this is great for the Badgers. It gives them a better chance to get in the mix going forward. What I really like about the playoff is that four teams get buys. So those teams have earned a chance to sit out a weekend and kind of rest. And the other eight teams will play that opening weekend on campus sites. Now, that's another thing I love about this playoff format is that there's going to be games on campus sites instead of some boring uh, neutral site in the opening weekend. Can you imagine a playoff game at Camp Randall Stadium in December? It'd be great, it'd be phenomenal, and I'm really looking forward to that possibility. The thing that I don't love, I wish they could have changed, is that that next round, the quarterfinals are going to those neutral sites. The bowl games are gonna control them. I would like one more weekend on campus sites. You know, if Alabama earns the number one seed, let them host a quarter-final game. Same for Georgia or Clemson or Ohio State, whoever comes out of those various conference champions. But I do like the idea of 12. At one point, I was thinking that eight teams would be the way to go, because then you've got your five conference champions, you've got a group of five team, that's your six champions, and then two at-large teams. I thought that would be enough. But you spread it out to 12, and I think that's probably the way to go. That Then you're not arguing about those seven and eight spots. Uh, team like the Badgers, which would have been a fringe team in the past, probably have a better chance of getting in. You do run the risk of some teams with three or four losses getting in, and I don't love that idea, but chances are they'll be gone by that that midweek in December, and and we can move on and and get to the teams that probably have the better chance of winning the national championship anyways. Uh, Is this a perfect scenario, a perfect setup? No. Let me tell you why. I was actually in Chris McIntosh's office a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about scheduling. But I think this pertains to the college football playoff as well. Um, one thing Chris is worried about is kind of a holistic view of college f- athletics, and especially when it, when it pertains to college football. Uh, these players have long seasons as it is, right? A lot of them are playing 12 games at the very minimum, 13 if you go to a conference title game, 14 if you play a bowl game. Now you're adding a little bit more. If you're the 12 seed, or let's say you're the 5 seed in in the college football playoff, you're playing that 5-12 game. If you win, you're playing a number 4 seed in the quarterfinals. If you win that, you're moving on to the semifinals. You could play up to 4 playoff games. If you've already played a college title game, that's 17 games. You're talking NFL schedule right there. And I don't know if I love that for these college athletes who, their bodies might might quite not be ready for the long, long season and and the toll it'll take on their bodies. Um, there's also an academic component to think of here and and you know, I think a lot of people laugh at the fact that that you know that these student athletes still do go to class, right? I know they do. I know especially they do at Wisconsin. And I do think that needs to be considered. If you're Wisconsin, let's say Wisconsin makes this playoff game, they get to mid December and, and and play somewhere, whether it's in Madison or somewhere else, you're falling right into the, the Finals for the first semester, and navigating that schedule, in addition to playing a football game, is, is going to be tough. You're also extending a season, and and I, I worry that shorter off seasons might take a toll physically and mentally on the student athletes. Um, so I don't think it's perfect. I don't know if there's a perfect setup out there. I, I do kind of worry about how student athletes are, you know, going to be adjusting to this bigger schedule and 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 shorter off season, but. As far as picking a true national champion, as far as including more teams in the mix, I think going from 4 to 12 is great. I think it's going to be a phenomenal um, setup. I think more people are going to watch. I, I think it's going to be a great thing to do in December and early January. Um, we've already seen how March Madness and, and how popular that is. I think this playoff is going to be super popular with with fans and TVs and, and, and people going to the games in, in, the, in the case of the college football. Um, games that are be hosted on campus sites. So all in all, I rate it a big plus. Now let's keep the football discussion going with this week's mailbag. First question this week comes from at Matt Hodgson3. What are the chances of getting Allen and Malusi slash Garendo on the field at the same time? Something like the packages used for James White, Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon backfield. I don't know that we're going to see all three of them on the field at the same time, but I do think we'll see two of them on the field at various times this year. I know the practice that was open to the uh, public late in training camp. We saw a play where, I can't remember who was in the backfield, but Isaac Grando was split out wide, and they actually threw him a screen pass and and let him work. Because again, I've mentioned this previously, but Isaac Grendo is one of the more athletic players on the team, certainly one of the fastest. I think if you can get him the ball in open space more, that's gonna be good. So I can certainly see packages where they have either Allen or Malusi in the backfield Uh, Garendo split out wide maybe use him in jet sweep situations to get his get him the ball in open space or like I said get him some screen passes I could see putting Malusi out there I think anybody who's watched Malusi I know we got a chance to see him in training camp Um, I think fans got a little glimpse of it Saturday night against Illinois State you can see that maybe he's come back a little bit faster after that that knee injury. Um, there's a little bit more explosion there, and I think that's a great thing. I think he's going to be a great complement for Braylon Allen. Um, and maybe if you can split him out and, and get those two on the field at the same time, get Malusi involved in some jet sweeps, or get the ball uh, you know, out to him on screen passes or, or screen plays out of the backfield, um, it'll be great. I, I think the one thing that stood out from the opener is that Wisconsin has some playmakers, and it's just going to be a matter of Getting them the ball in creative ways. I don't think this offense under Bobby Engram um, even showed anything close to its potential because I think he held a lot of stuff back. and I think we're going to see more and more this week. Um, and one of the things you might see is, is the running backs getting the ball more in passing situations, or as you're hoping for, kind of having both of them out, or two or three of them on the field at the same time. So I think, I think there's a lot of possibilities. I that's I think that's Wisconsin's strongest position by far, and, and I think Bobby Engram will get them on the field in multiple ways next question comes from orion strelo why are people complaining why can't they just enjoy the shutout win well orion i don't know if you read my replies when i post the thoughts on the victory badgers fans after the game like i do every week if that's where this is coming from or if you just perused my mentions and saw that a lot of people are unhappy or complaining Uh, first of all people love to complain i think that's the biggest thing is that especially on twitter and social media There's a lot of unhappy people, and no matter how good things look, they'll find ways to pick it apart. Uh, But I do think, you know, and I wrote this too, it wasn't a perfect performance by any means. Uh, And and it also came against an opponent that's from the football championship subdivision. You know, Illinois State won four games last year. So I don't think we can judge this team by how well it looked in the opener. 38-0 was great. There was a lot to like, as I wrote but there's also some some things that need to be cleaned up. So that's probably part of it, is that I think people are a little bit skeptical of this team yet until it does it against a quality opponent. I think you're gonna probably see that for the first three weeks of the season, uh, even if they beat Washington State relatively handily and roll past New Mexico State and our 3-0 going into that Ohio State game. I think there's probably a good chunk of this fan base that is not gonna be sold on the Badgers until they play Ohio State. Uh, I don't know, they have to win that game for people to be convinced. But I think they probably can't go into that game and get blown out or people are just going to think, hey, it's the same old team that will probably win eight or nine games. Um, but I was probably Mr. Positive Saturday night uh, because, you know, I, I looked at that game and there was, I thought there was a lot to be encouraged about. I, I think they did a lot of things well offensively. I think if you look at Graham Mertz's performance, there's really hard to look at that and pick it apart. Um, I thought he was really good. Hit receivers in stride, thought his footwork was good, thought his decision-making was good. And again, the caveat is that they're playing an opponent that they should be looking really good against. But you can't punish a guy for doing his job and and doing it well. Um, Defensively, are there some things to clean up? Absolutely. Offensive line, are there some things to clean up? Yes. But all in all, I thought it was a positive performance. I didn't see people that were superly critical on Twitter or Facebook after that game, um, but I think people understand are going to be realistic that hey, this team's got to be better against better opponents because the level of competition is going to rise certainly this week against Washington State. Last question of the week comes from Hi Johnny Brennan. Has the transfer portal affected playing time decisions? Why is Burkett ahead of Hill? I really don't think the transfer portal affects playing time decisions as far as coaches are concerned Uh, they play the players that they think will give them the best chance to win whether that's the starting quarterback or the backup left guard or the safety that comes in the game after the starter gets injured Um, that stuff's all determined throughout camp throughout practices and i don't think coaches put a lot of thought into hey if i don't play this guy he's going to probably transfer i just don't think you can think that way as a coach You want guys that are fully committed and you can't be thinking about what they're going to be concerned about uh, from a playing time standpoint. You want guys who are there for the right reasons and not because they might go somewhere else if they get unhappy with playing time. This question as it relates to the quarterback situation, I think, you know, and again, Paul Chris has been pretty tight-lipped about why Burkett won the backup job over Deacon Hill. Um, I think part of that is that he doesn't want to say bad things about Deacon Hill. Uh, and, and certainly, we don't know much from watching the four training camp practices that we watched because Miles Burkett didn't get a ton of reps there, and, and Deacon Hill got a few, but not enough to really come to form much of a judgment on. I think Miles Burkett just moved ahead of Deacon Hill somewhere along the way. Uh, we know Deacon Hill had his struggles in the spring. Uh, maybe some of that carried over to the last half of training camp, and, and Miles Burkett took his place. And then, so ultimately, you have to ask yourself once Chase Wolfe went down, who's the guy? We can put in the game if graham mertz gets hurt and feel like we have the best chance of winning and i think right now the coaches came to the conclusion that that's miles burkett Um, had a really great conversation with miles burkett earlier this week during the the monday availability for the uw football Uh, he's a real mature guy for 18 years old Uh, state kid who always wanted to play here loves it he's getting his chance to to play for his dream school and that's great um, in the spring, he kind of had a look in the mirror moment where he didn't really know what his role was and didn't really know how I can improve that role. How can I get better if I'm not getting the reps? So what he does now is when the starters or or, or when Wolf was in the backup position, when those guys were getting reps, Miles Burkett would stand behind the line of scrimmage and pretend he was taking the staff. He'd drop back and survey the defense and, and really uh, pretend he was the quarterback in that situation, even though he was... 10-15 yards behind it. I thought that was a really interesting way of doing it. He's getting in reps without actually getting in reps that count. Um, so I think that can help a young quarterback develop, and I think that helped his mentality. He felt like he was getting better, um, and his job at that point, he was the number four quarterback. Uh, he wanted to become the number three quarterback, and now he's the number two quarterback, one snap away from going in the game. So to answer your question, uh, I think Miles Burkett has just done a better job than Deacon Hill, and I don't think Paul Christ wants to say that because You know, I don't think he wants to publicly criticize Deacon Hill, but it's pretty clear to me and the way they were kind of being noncommittal about it last week that Miles Burkett is the guy for the backup spot moving forward. Um, How could he perform if he has to play in a meaningful situation? We don't know that yet, but I like his attitude so far. Now let's take a look at what to watch for this week. The South End Zone project at Camp Randall is done, and I thought it looked really nice. I heard a lot of positive reviews from fans who were in the stadium and were in that section for the first time on Saturday night. But what's next at Camp Randall? Todd Molesky talked with Athletic Director Chris McIntosh about future plans for things they want to do at the stadium. Jonathan Taylor had a fantastic career at Wisconsin, and he got going really early in his freshman year with the Badgers. Our Jay Kokorowski sat down with Taylor for a This Week in Badger History segment to talk about Taylor's first career 200-yard game. And we'll have full coverage of the Wisconsin-Washington State game on Saturday. Our live blog will start out before the game, where we'll show you pictures and video from behind the scenes before the game. During the game, check us out. We'll be tweeting and talking about what's going on during the game. And we'll have plenty of coverage afterwards, from video features to analysis, all of a column, and plenty more from the Badgers game against the Cougars. That's the Open Gym Podcast for this week. We'll be back with another episode next Wednesday. We have plenty to talk about after the Badgers take on Washington State. If you have a question for me, tweet me at JimPolzineWSJ. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to Badger Extra. We have a lot of great exclusive content on there, videos, interviews, much, much more, but you can only get that content if you subscribe. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Open Gym Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early,